0: This, week, this weekend, Tracy went down to Spokane to visit with my mom and to work on some sewing projects and, and to, to sew some things for our boys and a quilt and stuff like that. And So I've been at home with our sons, my two young sons, since Thursday. And, <laughs> yeah, you're right to laugh. I, uh, you know, and I've been actually working and studying some on. Um, of trying to be to be to not bring my own stress in my family and that I take it out on my kids and my wife and stuff. And so I've been working on that. And, and I've been thinking that sort of like this, this chance to try it out, you know, just me and the boys. And, and so I thought, like, okay, so the first few days it was going okay. I mean, uh, things would blow up or they'd, you know, they'd stick something in the blender or whatever, you know. And, and I would be okay. Like, I wouldn't just react and, and blow up at them. But... Yesterday like day two. I mean day two into this big venture. I didn't last very long I And mean, already like i my, my nerves are worn thin and And I sit down. I think okay. I'm just gonna watch the Gonzaga basketball game uh, And and I want the boys to sit with me and you know, there's are You know Corbin's four and Shem's one and they lasted about five minutes, you know It's not a cartoon. So what, why bother and they they go to the bedroom and and I thought okay great they're just playing and I I go in there and Corbin has taken down some of his toys and poured them on himself, like his boxes of Lego and stuff. So there's Lego all over. It. Okay, that's fine. Like, it's just a tiny mess. Not a big deal. So I leave and then I come back again a moment later, and he has all his boxes out, all of his tiny little figurines and stuff, all you know, his little plastic animals and stuff, all all over the floor. And I lost it. I just lost. It. Like just, I mean, it's it's just there's toys everywhere. And the whole thought about trying to be this calm dad who, you know, handles things, well, it just goes all out the window. And, and I mean, eventually, I mean, Corbin did a great job. He cleaned it all up. I mean, you should see my four-year-old. He's sitting there with all of his baskets, resorting everything. Um, maybe it helped that I threatened that, you know, he'd be punished if he didn't. But <laughs> but he sorted everything. And, and I had to apologize to him for, you know, I'm sorry that I reacted so badly. I mean, I, I lost it. I'm sorry. Um, you know, I think about this and I, this passage of Jesus and about his take on family and where family fits in regard to our faith. And I think about even this weekend, how hard it has been with my sons, how stressful it has been. They just worn me thin. It still is a challenging text. It still is a challenging text to keep putting Christ even above our family, even when our family is so difficult at times. You know, these last few weeks we've been working through discipleship. We've been focusing on this and Jesus' call on our lives, calling us to be disciples. And what that means in terms of putting things, putting Him above everything. And I'm hopeful that we've been challenged by this. I think these are challenging words, and I'm hopeful that we continue to be challenged. And I'm hopeful that, that many of you are realizing again just how big a deal it is to follow Jesus. Just how much He's calling for us. How much He's calling us to put below Him. You know, he says, deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. Whoever tries to save their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for for Jesus and then the Gospel will, will actually save it. How counterintuitive that is. See, I'm hopeful that we are being challenged by this. I mean, it's good that God is at work in us, that God's Spirit is working on us, but it's also challenging. You know, it's challenging that Jesus calls for total devotion. Him above everything. Above our own life, above our wealth and our possessions, even above our family. You see, Christ is calling us to put Him even above our family. As good and as important as family is, He's calling us to put Him even above that. Now, I suspect that some of you are wondering, well, I'm not sure about this. I wouldn't be surprised if some, there were some of you who were thinking, like, just hold on a minute there, Pastor. You know, There's, there's a lot of things you can talk about. You can talk about my life and, and my sacrifice, but just don't mess with my family. I mean, I know this. I, in some ways, I feel it myself. But Jesus is still calling us to put him above our family. You see, these words in the first century, when Jesus spoke them, the people that he spoke them to, family was not just the people that you loved, as important as that is. Family was where you received your identity. It was how you knew who you were in a society. You see, in in our society, lines are drawn a bit differently. There's all sorts of different things that set us apart and make us who we are. But in that time, family was the key thing. Your family... were the the lines that society drew around you to identify you. It was how you knew who you were. So, for example, say your family didn't like somebody else's family in the same village. If there was maybe one or two people who had a disagreement, it actually worked out that the whole families were at odds with each other. You You think about family feuds. like That's what happened. Families were so important. If your family, if your father, which was often the head of the house or in that time or in that culture, the head of the house, if your father made a decision, the whole family went with it. The whole family stayed together. You looked after your parents and your grandparents and your children and your grandchildren. Everybody was very connected in family. So it was a big deal for Jesus to say, who is my family? Not the people that everybody thinks, but the people who follow God, the people who do God's will. It was a big deal for Jesus to say that and to call his followers also to follow him even above their family. See, I think for us, it's maybe a little bit different. Like we, are, we still get a lot of our identity from our parents, I mean, obviously. But also, too, I think in our time, maybe we struggle with more of our family becoming uh, sometimes an excuse or an idol for us. And you know, I think about this and how sometimes, I, I, came from a, I come from a family where uh, it's sort of one of the unwritten rules that you work hard to get ahead so that you can provide for your kids. A sort of like, I mean, I don't know if anybody in your family quite put it just like that, but it's, I mean, I see it everywhere. That's how I was raised. Like, you work really hard so you can give all of your stuff to your kids. And, you know, the interesting thing is, like, it's, that sounds sort of good in the beginning. And I think it is important to care for our children. I mean, I do the best I can to, pre- to prepare for our, to take care of my sons and my wife. But, you can see how it sort of starts to rub the gospel, rub wrongly on the gospel when I start also, when I tithe to our church when I, actually, my sons have a little bit less because we also sponsor children, Um, a child in Ecuador and a child in Burkina Faso, that, you know, my sons go with less because we are also sponsoring other children, because we believe there's supposed to be equity. You see, in my family, people would think that was crazy. Because my, my children's, their college education isn't paid for yet. And there'd be people in my family who would say, what are you doing? You're giving money to someone else when you should be taking care of your kids. Now, I would argue, I am taking care of my sons and this is an important thing for them to be involved in, is also sharing with others. But I think this is something that happens in families generally, maybe in our society more, is that people think, like, this is my stuff and I'm going to give it just to my kids. That sometimes children can be an excuse to not be generous. Another interesting thing for me, too, is around holidays, especially Christian holidays. You know, it's, I I may be in a different place because most of my family lives a long ways away. And because I'm the pastor, I need to be here on Christmas and in Easter. Is everything okay, Luke? Do I need to move or anything? There's a buzz. Oh, okay. Try to ignore the buzz. Okay. But anyways, as I think about things like holidays, like uh, Easter, for example, or Christmas, you know, people who say, like, we're having a Christmas service, whether it's Christmas Eve, or, and people would say, you know, I'm, that's great, and, but we're not going to actually be there. We're going just really going to focus on family. Family is really where we... Like, that's just kind of our tradition. We focus on family. And I, I think that's great. I mean, I love to spend time with my family uh, after Christmas or, or around holidays. I mean, that's how I was raised. But I also see that for us to do that sort of runs contrary to the Gospel, that, like, Christmas, for example as important as family is, it's actually about Christ. It's about worshiping God. It's about praising, uh, praising God for the good news that he has come. I mean, we can do that with family. I think it's better when we do that with family. But you see that kind of what I'm talking about here, when family sort of gets in its wrong place, it sort of becomes an excuse for us. Another one I think about is time. And Maybe this is maybe the most common. I mean, as I talk with uh, pastors of, of other churches and stuff like this, this is maybe the most common where people in our day and age, like it's, it's really great to take care of your kids and to be really involved with them. You know, and so like, be, I'll be talking with pastors and say, you know, I'm not sure what to do. I've, you know, We've got families in our church who, you know, they've got kids and they're just pretty much like, they may become every once in a while, but otherwise they're really not involved. And when I ask them, they're, you know, we're busy with hockey and we've got ski lessons and we're traveling for this tournament and for that dance recital and we just don't really have time to be involved in what God is doing in this church you can see again how family starts to become an excuse, and maybe in those worst cases, even sort of an idol. The interesting thing, and I feel this even as I'm speaking this, is that it is difficult to challenge this. It is difficult to challenge the place of family, one, because we love family so much, but also because of our society. It's sort of the one place that you can't really challenge that. You know, talk about other things, Pastor, but just leave my family out of this, you, you know. So when someone says, I'm, I'm going to do this, you know, because I'm, I'm not going to be there because I'm going to be with my family, sort of the underlying assumption there is that's the end of, this, end of discussion. There's no challenging that. The interesting thing for me is that Jesus challenges this. He challenges this this morning. He does challenge it. Now, I'm not trying to say that family is unimportant. Trust me, I know how important family is. I mean, as a, as a believer in Christ... Family is is so important. I mean, there are whole ministries focused on the family. Like whole cities that seem to be devoted to to ministries of caring for families. And that's important. I I still believe that family is one of the most powerful levers from which to move the world. And what I mean by that is if you will take care of a family, you have a greater chance of changing this world. I've been studying and reading quite a bit recently just in in, uh, relief, international relief and things like that. They often focus on families. Because family is this, is this core building block. It's if you can take care of mothers and fathers, then you can help kids, and kids can be the next generation and live differently. So I'm, trust me, I, I understand how important kids are, and I too affirm it. I know how important they are. But we just have to be careful that what's admirable with caring for our families doesn't become idolatry. We have to, keep, we have to keep, uh, be careful of that. We need to continue to watch that. Because Jesus says, put Him above everything, even our families. Even our family. It's interesting. If you remember from last week, from our sermon last week, the text was about, uh, about uh, wealth and possessions, but also at the, at the very end, He says, there is no one who leaves their home, their brother or their sister, their father or mother or children or land, there's no one who leaves all these things who will not receive a hundred times more In this present life, homes, brothers, sisters, mother, uh, children, land, but also eternal life in the age to come. Jesus is saying, and and there's a few stories where Jesus, people want to follow, and they say, "I can't because of my family." And Jesus says, "You need to make a choice. You need to decide who you're going to put first. Christ? Are you going to put Jesus saying, Are you going to put me first, or your family?" It's a challenging word. I don't deny that at all. That's tough to hear, but I believe that's what Jesus is saying: is to still put Him first, even above our families. That our families are important. I mean, I'm saying that our families are so important, but they don't become an excuse for us to avoid what God has called us to do. That we don't—they don't become an idol that we put above even God. It's challenging. But here's the irony. Here's the irony. If you will draw closer to Jesus, I believe that you will be healthier in your families. I believe that the more people in your family that are following God, that are relating to Jesus, the more people that are in a good and healthy relationship with Christ, the healthier your family will be. It's ironic. It's counterintuitive. You'd think, I want my family to be healthy. I'm going to work on my family. But I believe if you want our family, if we want our families to be healthy, then the first thing we do is move closer to Christ. The first thing we do is move closer to him, deeper into a relationship with him. It reminds me of, uh, of you know, when you fly on a plane, of, uh, you, they give you the, the spiel about uh, oxygen masks. And they always tell you to put the mask they tell parents, put your mask on first, then help your child. They always say that. You know, because as a, as a parent or a person in a family, your first thought is, I'll put, my mask on, I'll put the mask on someone else. That seems to be the, the obvious fix to the problem, but they say put your mask on first because if you lose pressure and if you pass out, then not only will you not help your child, but you won't help yourself either. That you'll both be in, in real trouble. They're saying put on your mask first so that you are ready to help, that you are healthy and ready to help, that you can then put your mask on your ch- put the mask on your children. I see the same thing in our lives. That how can we as broken people if, expect to be helpful and healthy in our in our in our families to to bring about good changes. If we are unhealthy, if we still remain stuck in our sin, our selfishness, our anger, our hurt, our insecurities, how can we do this if we aren't in a good relationship? How can we hope to help our family if we are struggling with these things ourselves? See, I'm not saying that that following Jesus will just make everything go away. I mean, following Jesus doesn't doesn't just eliminate problems, but it will make us more forgiving it will make us more humble and able to repent and able to ask for forgiveness. Both of those are essential components to being reconciled, to being made right. I mean, you can think about arguments you've had in your family. How difficult it would be if no one would say, I'm sorry. And then if no one would say, I forgive you. I believe that following Christ, the closer we are to to Jesus, the closer we are to Him, the better we are able to do these things. But it's interesting, interesting too. I mean, some of you, I mean, I think, too, not just about our nuclear family, but our broader family. About how being a Christian can cause even conflict. I mean, I think about my own family. There are people in my family who think that I'm crazy. That I've become too wrapped up in religion. And it causes conflict. But it's interesting to me, is those same people who think that I'm crazy, that I've lost it, I also really appreciate that I come to visit them when many of my family don't. They're busy with their lives, with their kids, and with their stuff. And I still come and visit. I still spend time with them. Even though they might say that I think this is ridiculous, I still love them. They don't understand that that's part of my faith. My faith enables me to do that. To love in ways that are surprising to, to, to anyone else who's not a Christian. So I'm, not, I'm saying that it won't be easy, but I am saying that if we will follow Jesus, if we will grow deeper in our relationship with him, our families will be healthier. And I'm not talking just about knowledge here. I'm talking about a relationship. I want to make a distinction here because there are some people who, who have been uh, Christians for many years and they know a lot about Jesus, but their relationship is still pretty new. And they still struggle. And sometimes that information can kind of tip towards pride and self righteousness, and they can tell you chapter and verse, which isn't really helpful for people, especially in conflicts. But I believe if we are in a genuine relationship with God, in a real relationship with Jesus, then we become more selfless. We're more ready to sacrifice. We become more gracious and more forgiving. That we set down our need our vicious need to protect ourselves and we're able to to risk with people, to even risk being hurt because we know that God loves us. You see, the deeper we are in a relationship with Christ, the more mature we become, the more calm we become in Christ, that we set down all the fears and the anxieties of this world, that they have less effect on us. And so we don't bring that stress, and so we're right at red line and then you know, then our kids dump the toys out all over and we just blow it I and mean, just, just lose it. We're able to be more calm. I think about it too is that we're able to be more healthy. Like less reactionary. I don't know if maybe you've never had this experience, but someone comes and says something to you and they're upset already and they just, all they have to do is say something and you just, you just, you go from zero to 60 like this and you start responding back to them and, and next thing the argument is going and you're thinking, like, how did I even get here? I mean, in two seconds, I was doing my own thing and now I'm just wrapped up in this argument. I believe that if we are closer with Christ, we become less vulnerable to these things. That we're better able to say, oh, I can see you're really upset and I'm not going to react to that. (laughs) I do my best to to keep some distance here and to to remain healthy. To be able to to say, I can see you're upset, what's wrong? Rather than just, I mean, maybe you're like me, I just, Defensive and, and attack. I believe that if we are in a mature relationship with God, we are better able to do this. We're better able to, to, to speak a gracious word when every other thing in us is saying, you know, fight back. And I think too, when we are in a relationship with Jesus, we begin to understand his love. And when we begin to understand, when we realize, finally grab onto God's love for us, I believe that we become less demanding of people. When we understand how much God loves us, we become less demanding that people come through for us. We don't have to put our hope and our happiness on people. We're able to put it in the right place on Christ. I believe that when we are in a healthy relationship with God, with Jesus, that we become less needy of our spouse. That we realize that Our spouse is there and that we love them, but we don't need them to fulfill us. We realize that it's Christ who does that. Then we also realize that we we become less dependent on our kids, able to let them live their own lives, less needy to be involved and, and, and involved in their lives so that we feel like somehow they still need us. When we realize how much God loves us, it helps us to love others better. To not be so demanding. To not be so needy. To not be so dependent. To love them for their own sake, not because of what they do for us.
1: See, what I'm getting at here is
0: the the, the better our relationship with Jesus, the more mature we become. The more whole we become as people. That Jesus is this one place for wholeness. We're not going to get anywhere else. That he is the one place for it. It's in Christ that we become whole. I am convinced I am convinced that if we will draw closer to Jesus we will be better help in our families. We will be more healthy in our families. We'll be better able to help our kids better able to help our parents if we are healthy with Christ. But you know what? All of that said the point of this passage this point of this passage is that we have a new family in Christ. That's what Jesus is getting at here. Is that this is your new family in Christ. Jesus has redrawn the lines of who our family is. When he says, when they come to him and they say, your mother and your father are looking for you. I'm oh, sorry, your mother and your brothers are looking for you. What we didn't hear this morning in the passage is that just a few verses before that, it said that his, his people had come looking for him because they thought he had lost his mind. They were coming to get him because, Jesus, you're messing up the family name. And Jesus responds, he says, who are my mother and my brothers? Then he looked around at all the people who were sitting around him and he said, here are my brothers and my mother the people who do the will of God. These are my brothers and my sisters and my mother. In this foul swoop, he has redrawn the lines of family. And it's interesting. I've felt this. I've felt this. I mean, I've, I've grown here in Balfour. You feel like my family. It's interesting. and There are some ways I don't really connect with my family, the family that I grew up with. And I'm not just talking about my, like my mom and my dad. I'm talking about my, my large family, my, my extended family. There are a lot of ways that I don't connect. It's interesting. I mean, I, we just have different convictions. So we'll be talking, and, and there'll be things, and it just seems like we're just sort of talking like this, like not really meeting, not really understanding each other. Sometimes I leave thinking, like, I just don't get it. And I'm sure that they're thinking to themselves, just don't get Jason. I mean, but here's the thing. I feel like you get me because we have the same conviction, the same same devotion to Christ. You get me. When I say, you know, I'm thinking about how can I go with less? Not just me, but my whole family. How can we as a family go with less so that we can be more generous with people halfway around the world that we've never met? I think you get it. Not only do you get it, but there are many of you who are saying, you know, I want to do that too. I want to encourage you in that. And I want to join you in it. See, my family, I'm not sure if my family quite gets that. I feel like more connection here with you as family. It's interesting too, this this, this, this morning I'm thinking about it, how I come in here and my kids are, my boys are running over and running all around and, and my family I mean, Mary Beth starts watching after Shalem. Judy picks Shalem up when when I'm coming up to do the, the announcements. Ray and Stephanie, they have Corbin go sit with them. This is like family. Like we care for each other. This is the amazing news this morning. This is the amazing news that not only does Jesus give us salvation, life more full, life eternal that goes on and on, he also gives us a new family. It's true, we are still our parents' children and our children are still our children. But more than that, we are children of God. We are part of God's family. And for some of you who come from great families, maybe this is, this is surprising and you're not sure quite what to do with it. But for some of you who come from broken families, this becomes amazing news. For some of you who have difficult fathers, or maybe you're like me, who my, my father left when I was one years old. Maybe you struggle with Father and to have a Father in Heaven is an amazing news for you. It is so amazing to think that we have this good Father in Heaven who loves us. To encourage you, to remind you. I hear Jesus saying again that this is your family. If you've wondered about a place where you belong, that you belong here. You belong among these people. These people are your family. This is the amazing news that I hear this morning. It's amazing to me that not only do we have salvation, God who saved us, and or Jesus who saved us and reconciled us to God the Father, not only do we have life more full, life filled with joy and deeper sorrows here now, life to its fullest extent, and life that goes on forever and ever with Christ, but we also have this family. This family right here, people who will walk with you through some of the most difficult things in your life. This morning, I pray that you are challenged. I pray that you are challenged to keep putting Christ above your family. As hard as that can be, as challenging as that can be, I pray that you hear this. To keep putting Christ above even our families. Then I pray that you are encouraged to know that if you will do this, if you will put Christ above everything, and if you will draw closer to Him in a relationship, that it actually will make your families healthier. You will be one of the people, you'll be a part of the solution in your family no longer part of the problem. That if you will be faithful to Christ and deep in your relationship with Him, that you will be a healthy person in your family, encouraging your whole family toward health. But most importantly, out of all this, I pray that you hear this amazing news, that this is your family. That these people here are your family. Not that we're perfect and we get it right all the time, but that we love each other in Christ. This is the amazing news, that you belong here. You belong in this family. Amen.